welcome along. It is the gardening program on this gloriously uh, sunny Saturday Brilliant. morning. Porik, good morning to good you. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. It's absolutely cracking out there today. Isn't Fab it? morning, yeah. It's lovely the cool of the morning, isn't it? It is. Isn't it? I it mean, is, you're yeah. up early. You're I was up, up, up yes. So I, there was a little dew. Yeah. Uh, as I was it's heading good, heavy up. Heavy dew at night time. Yeah. Yeah. There was a little little uh, moisture on the on the windscreen, which was good because it kind of washed the bugs away from me <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a little cool. Um, but not so cool. One had had to have one's jacket on or anything like that. And yeah, then, I know it's absolutely. Uh, yeah, lovely. and I noticed there was a lot of people um, very busy this morning out early and um, the heat yeah, of yeah. The day. And I noticed yesterday a lot of uh, I think silage getting made and stuff Abs- like that. Abie, There's yeah. like gorgeous uh, pictures of uh, kind of countryside and landscape yeah. and work getting done. And it's great, isn't it? why not? It's, it's a, nearly just a different country, isn't it? Almost. As you know, I, I spent most of the weekend uh, up at Bloom. Yes. And, and it's absolutely. Uh, well, it's first a chock a block, it is. It's chock a block. I mean, they're up the, the very first day. Um, uh, fortunately, I was there on, on, on the Wednesday. Next week, you'll have to come with me on Press Day. And oh, press, yes. <laughs> press day is the day where, where no the public can come in right. and you've got the gardens to yourself. Oh, well. And uh, I did a live link with, with uh, Tommy here on the programme yeah. from Bloom. But the gardens are absolutely fantastic, I have to say. There's some really, really nice gardens. But because of the good weather, of course, the footfall from Thursday right through uh, has been up 20, 30%. And this weekend, it'll just be chock-a-block. So if people are going, my advice is to go really early. It opens at nine o'clock each morning. So, so be there for nine if you be, can. Be there for nine or ten o'clock. Try to get in as early as you can. Um, a good pair of walking shoes. There's a lot of walking to be done at Bloom. Uh, plenty of sun cream and plenty of water with you. But uh, it's certainly got something for everyone. I, you know, and again, I was looking at this, the stats. It's actually 10 years now. Uh, it's, it's celebrating its 10th anniversary. I was there the first year. Were you? Mm, yeah, I went to it the very first year. There you go. Well, yeah. uh, well in the first year, they had 40,000 people. Mm. That's up to one. And it was now. busy. I remember it being really busy at the time. Well, they've doubled the space. It literally has gone from 35 acres up to 70 acres um, and as you know it's not just about gardening and horticulture it's about food Borbia have a huge food display again this year they've added actually a beer tent or a beer garden so they've got all okay. the craft beers this year as a new event barbecue area so there's a lot particularly on the food side of it a lot for children as well so that the budding bloomers area and there's a number of, of children's areas and again the gardens are particularly good the standard certainly um, as you know I was in Chelsea the week before yes. the standard at Bloom this year is certainly up at that level there are one or two gardens that are um, really really up at that standard and you know the, the budgets that they have in Chelsea go up to 200,000 sterling I know they have like I mean it is an astronomical yeah. amount of money to play around with in the and, first and, instance and at Bloom it's literally a quarter of yeah. that you know they're, yeah. they're working on kind of 30 or 40 grand to, to do a garden at Bloom um, but they've pulled out some uh, amazing gardens so out of the 23 a couple that actually caught my eye there's a lovely garden if you want a really aesthetic garden a really beautiful type of garden yep. there's one called um, Living La Vita um, so Living the Life and yeah. it's a it's a South American uh, garden from Chile um, inspired by Santa Rita, the wine actually, company. Actually, I think I heard about this garden. Yeah. Yes, well, yeah. it, it won. It won actually overall uh, garden at Bloom this year for the large garden, but overall winner. And it is a particularly nice garden. There's a lovely range of Mediterranean plants, a lot of herbs, uh, plants like bougainvillea, oranges, olives, grapes growing in the garden. But it's just a really nice garden. So very, and particularly with the weather. I mean, it's, we, we have the Mediterranean, I know, South American so, type so of weather. So everything does look just that more it lush look, and uh, Yeah, it doesn't colourful. look out of place, yeah. let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> um, but that's a particularly nice garden. But also a garden that actually caught my eye was one called Across Boundaries. Now, this is a garden that when I passed it initially, um, 
I actually passed and said, hmm, and, and went on. But when I came back, I was there again Thursday night and a bit more time to spend in the gardens. And this particular one caught my eye because it's a blend between, it's, it's a rustic farm. So it's got all the farm elements. So, you know, people from rural Ireland will really resonate with this particular garden. It's got the old farm buildings. It's got wild meadow grasses, clovers in flower, for example, primulas in flower, um, lots of the meadow grass plants in flower and a lot of natural trees. But it symbolises, I suppose, the, the, what they're talking about now is social farming and the concept of particularly people that may have some mental health issues, depression, whatever, getting back to the farm, mm-hmm. getting back to nature. Um, and I thought the garden, you know, particularly in the UK, the designer was telling me that in uh, the NHS in, in the UK, the doctors will often prescribe a couple of days at the farm. So they've got these social farms in the UK where people can go out, spend a bit of time, even if it's just sitting there, right. taking in the sounds of the insects, yeah. the, the flowers. So it's kind the, of very tactile and it has Very all therapeutic. Of, yeah. our, our people can actually physically work on the farm as well, rather than the, you know, and on the garden they actually have a room that symbolises the traditional treatment which is you know the institution stroke medication mm. stroke mm. you know not not connecting with nature so I thought that was a particularly and it's funny when, when the designers explain the garden to you and the concepts behind it and their inspiration behind it it makes a whole lot of sense, sense right? You know? yeah, so I thought that one that's worth looking at if you are in bloom um, now remember it's, it's open today it's open tomorrow and, and Monday. Monday I'm going to be there tomorrow giving a talk I've been asked to give a talk by Borbia on the garden experts Stand. So I'm not sure why they asked me. But anyway, I'm there tomorrow, quarter to one. And I'm also there again at 3pm. So I'm giving two talks tomorrow. So if you're in the area, pop into the uh, garden expert tent. That's the main tent in the right in the centre, just off the gardens. So I'll be there from quarter to one and also at three o'clock. And my talk is going to be on uh, instant colour, adding colour to your garden. Um, again, I suppose a little bit, a bit what I did in the garden centre last weekend in terms of containers, window boxes, mm. the sort of plants are in bloom and flower at the moment are in bloom um, and and how, how to plant those in your garden and what recipes to pick. So I'll be doing that tomorrow. But there's some lovely gardens, there. There's 23 show gardens um, and really every one of them is at a very, very high high standard. But it's a great day out. Tickets are still available on, on the Bloom website. Mm. Um, but even if you go on the day, it's 20 euros in. Children are free. So for a family for a day out, if you go there early in the morning, you'll spend the whole, the whole day, day in Bloom yeah. if you can stand the crowds. Yeah. Michael D's garden is worth looking at. I walked that on, on Wednesday. Um, so that's at the walled garden. garden. Some people often miss it because it's off to one side, but it's the large walled garden. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. They've All the fruit are in flower. So if you're into your fruit, your vegetables, your herbs, or your bee-loving plants, this, there's an oasis of all of those plants in Michael D's garden. So this is the garden that actually supplies Oris with their yeah. with, kit, with, with all them. their produce. And the OPW do a fantastic job in keeping it neat and tidy. Many of the plants like Facelia, you know the plant I often mm-hmm. mention for the bees? For the bees yeah. That's in full flower at the moment. Borage is in full flower up there. All the bee-loving plants, they've done a nice little area. Um, they have a lot of fruit trees planted against the walls. And, and then huge amount of veg and herbs and flowering plants as well in the main garden. So pop in there as well if you're if don't miss that. If you're it's just off the RT stand or just beside the show gardens, you'll see the big wall garden there. But it's definitely worth the visit. Fantastic. And what I love about it is, you know, I know you you see these amazing gardens and you go, oh well, you know, somebody's obviously designed that and there's a lot of money put into it. 
But just to take a little bit of something out of yeah. that and go home and say, right, well, in that corner, maybe I can be a small bit inspired and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, quite on such a scale. Exactly. But I do think from from an inspiration point of view, you just get some brilliant ideas. And some fantastic mm. plants. Like every plant is at peak perfection. So there's a great throwback to a lot of the cottage garden plants, particularly the Our Lady's Children's Crumlin Hospital Garden. That's a particularly nice garden. It's got a huge amount of perennial plants, mm. plants like the hostas, delphiniums, all of those um, you know, old cottage garden plants in flower. They've actually built a bedroom in the middle of the garden. And the theme is, is about creating the back garden with a lot of tranquil colours, whites and blues and lilacs. They've also a shaded part done with ferns and hostas with birch trees, which is nice as well. Mm. So the, there's a, a, a very good variety there. Um, so that's so that's Bloom. Okay. Speaking about the good weather, just a couple of things yes. to come to mind. Now, the weather is to change next week, unfortunately. That's not my fault. But it is changing on Monday. <laughs> Can we not blame you? So I would advise people, particularly those that have lots of potatoes, above the ground at the moment yeah. use the warm weather of the weekend to spray your potatoes now they're, they're due their first spray so my advice really is to get the spray on whilst the weather is dry we are into very humid weather wet weather into next week's showers which is typical atypical of blight weather um, so potatoes have been doing really well there was, has been no need to spray them up to now but my advice is today or tomorrow um, get out there get a, the first spray on protect them stop them stop any of the um, potential blight spores coming on them later on the season so something like the bare potato blight treatment would be very good that prevents it's a systemic uh, treatment so mm. it actually gets into the the so, cells of the plant and protects within so my, my advice to get that on and any spraying in general if you have to spray your roses or kill off a few weeds or whatever any of that sort of work should be done now over the next two or three days remember plants are drying out at a great rate so if you have planted newly planted trees or shrubs or hedging or containers basket plants keep an eye on them they are going to dry uh, very quickly at the moment and feeding is important and again with the rain coming if you have to feed your roses or feed hedging, if you haven't done that, yeah. this would be a good, get it on now. The dew at night time will help to wash it in, but the rain on, on Monday and Tuesday will, will, will drench it in really well. But liquid feeding of plants, it would be highly advisable to actually um, continue to liquid feed plants. Now, they're really actively growing at the moment. So just push that on a little bit more. I also brought in a plant. I was looking at the garden. Yeah, you've, I know, yeah, you've come in with I've a couple come, bits and pieces. I've come in with two plants, yeah. two interesting plants. So I thought aloe vera is something that we should feature at the moment because aloe vera is called the medicine plant for very good reasons. It's also called the burn plant. B-U-R-N, burn plant, because it has all the properties for soothing and particularly for with the heat that we're getting at the moment, lots of people with um, sun scorch and and slight burning due to the heat. Aloe vera is a fantastic plant to actually heal that. You can use the natural plant itself by cutting it and using the gel inside, which I use on a regular basis, particularly if you get scrapes or cuts or any kind of skin. Yeah, I I have used it myself uh, as well. I have one or two plants because they they grow without too much bother. They all aloe vera, yeah. and I noticed that I don't uh, I have one a bit like the one that that I know there's so many different varieties of aloe vera but I have one that you've brought in and um, I don't don't always give it maybe enough water so after a while it does kind of go brown and the next thing is you give it a shot of water and two days later it's fully back up again and that's exactly the way to treat it nearly allow the leaves to the the stems to start to dry before rewatering that's exactly what they want Um, you know they they grow particularly well commercially in Australia um, in, in in the southern regions of America around Miami and, and Florida they, they grow Texas all around there they mm. grow a huge amount of aloe vera so it's a very easy plant 
to, to grow. But I also, this weekend, today and tomorrow, in our garden centre in Turla, I have Barbara Murray and John McDonough, who are, um, they've, they've come up with, or they have a range of aloe vera related uh, uh, treatments. Mm. Yeah, soothing treatments. I actually brought one or two in there. Yeah, and I've been good. using them, some of them myself, just because I've been at Bloom, I've been outside so much this, this week, um, trying some of the treatments. But they're going to advise people on, particularly if, if anyone has got any sensitive skin or any they want any advice yeah. on the use of aloe vera, pop into the garden centre today and tomorrow um, and they'll give you advice and, and show you the particular products but also the plants will be there as well if people want to have a look at them and, and to get some advice on them. So so that's it. So that's really um, so remember Bloom. Oh yeah, this yeah, other plant. Let me tell you about yeah. this one. He told me I'd get, he'd give me 10 out of 10 if I could tell him what it was but of course needless to say I can't so I 0 out of 10 for me. Go on Well Mark. I brought this plant in for Teresa who, who mans our phones every week and Teresa was telling me a couple of weeks back that she has a problem with cats oh, on the windowsill. Oh so this is the cat Catnip. This is a plant called Scaredy Cat. Scaredy Cat. Here, smell this. I can get it now, this? actually. Go on, smell the leaf of that, right? Cats dislike, cats, dogs, whatever, dislike the smell of this plant. So oh. it's, it's actually, uh, the correct name for the plant is Coleus, Coleus canina, mm-hmm. and, but it's, it's commonly called the Scaredy Cat plant because cats dislike the smell of it. So if you've got a windowsill or what I'm going to get Teresa to do is to plant it into a window box and sit it up on the windowsill and uh, the smell of it is going to keep the cats away and she's going to report die, in. Die and die let, to hear how the local cats Exactly. <laughs> she's going to tell me how she was wondering will it actually scare it the cats away permanently but uh, certainly the smell of the plant keeps the, the uh, cats and, and yeah. dogs in particular it's away almost, from it. Um, it's, it's, a bit, not a, it's a bit like nettles or something. It is. Like the, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a... And it ha- or oh, there's a little bit of a mintiness or something There is, isn't there? Mm, yeah, mm. so, but, but, but anyway, that's the plant. That's a plant okay, called so Scaredy Cat. Cat. <laughs> Try that, but put it into a pot if you want to keep cats away from particular areas around the garden. Teresa's going to try it on a windowsill and uh, report back in and, and let us know how it how it goes. But then now is now is the time to plant them. They're fairly strong plants, so yeah. they should have an immediate effect. And do they grow? How big would they grow now? In height, they're going to it's yeah. going to grow to about a foot in height, about a foot in diameter. Okay. You can pinch it's, it back and keep yes. it smaller. It propagates easy enough from cuttings from from little cuttings, so yeah. you can keep it from year to year. Um, it's a very easy plan to grow it to be honest um, but let's see how, how, it, how it works for great okay so scaredy cat scaredy cat and the yeah, aloe vera, aloe vera well. is too, too but there's look there's lots of great plants in flower at the moment okay. it's a really good time for planting as long as you water as long as you water yeah. I'd say that's, that is that is the golden rule over the last couple of days alright okay great variety of questions for yeah, a couple of comments but Bloom too people have <clears> been up already uh, first of all uh, uh, the old perennial <laughs> what do what? we put on tarmac to kill the moss oh well yeah. I, I, I'm surprised that the moss is still alive yeah, with all this that it would be well this, burnt off at this stage yeah with all this heat um, you can use the pack which you'll find very effective so pack is ideal for killing all mosses and lichens on hard surface areas slates, tiles, perfect weather for getting it on. Apply it now, it'll be dead by by next weekend. Uh, somebody would love a lilac tree. Oh yeah, they're lovely at the moment, beautiful. What, how do they go about uh, this would or you, what, what would you have any Well this is a good time of year first of all for planting lilac in general mm-hmm. they come in a whole range of different colours in, in purples and pinks and whites many of them are scented varieties um, Charles Joy is a very nice variety there's loads of different varieties I mean pop into your local garden centre uh, they come as a shrub so when you purchase it it'll be probably two or three feet in height it may have one or two flowers on it but it'll be really for next year yeah. that'll come into bloom they're so easy to grow um, just literally plant it now give it a good soaking when you plant keep an eye on it if the weather 
comes back dry again, say in a week or two, again, just keep it watered and it'll grow perfectly fine for you. It'll be mainly putting on a lot of green growth this year to flower Next the following year. year. And sometimes lilacs will, will skip a year or two of flowering. They tend to do a lot of growing and then settle down to flowering. But this is the time of year for planting lilacs and they're, they're fantastic. They're beautiful everywhere. Yeah, they, they do put on a real show. They do, yeah. yeah. They're lovely. Old, and again, go back to that old cottage think, garden yeah. type of style plant. Every garden, I think, had a lilac plant the, years ago. I think so, yes. Yeah. I always remember one of my grandmothers. Um, now, can you, you how do you discourage swallows from nesting on house walls? Uh, a listener has them on their house walls. They don't mind them nesting on other buildings, but they'd prefer to keep them away from the house. Is there, is well, there, at this time of year, you've is got, there a trick to that? Well, you've got your swallows and you've got house, house martins. martins. Yeah. Now, ho- swallows generally uh, nest in barns or in buildings. In rafters as such. Yeah, they go into a building yeah. rather than actually uh, making a, yeah, a nest on the on wall. The wall. So the house martin is the one that literally, as the name suggests, um, you'll know them because that they have a white, from memory, they have a white uh, belly or underneath, mm. uh, you know, so they are distinctive. Um, to get rid of them, I the think, first of all, they're a protective species. They are, So yeah. don't touch them. You don't touch yeah. the nest. Don't touch the eggs. Don't touch anything like that. They are actually protected. And they're dwindling uh, in numbers. You know, they come to us from America uh, and... Uh, North Africa. Or Africa, sorry, yeah, Africa, yeah. Africa. And um, they are dwindling in numbers, so they are protected. A little mirror. If you get... Do you know the little mirrors that you often get uh, for cars to mm. put onto your onto your normal mirror to give you that kind of extended yes, view? Those yeah. small round mirrors. Put one of those on the walls in the winter, next this winter coming, right. or next early spring, before the, the house martins come back. Mm. Stick that up. They dislike the The reflection. The reflection. When they see themselves, so they if think there's another house martin there yeah, already. Yeah, um, if you if you pick us, but they How? tend to nest they, and they go back to the same spot because yeah. I know we've had one or two uh, over the years, and they are back. Or oh, religiously, yeah, they come say, back, exact come same back, spot come again. Back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you'll find a little mirror or something like that will will distract them. But look, they are protected. Um, they are dwindling in numbers. They actually hoover up an awful lot. I was going to say they, you know, they are part of the ecosystem, and they so eat they all serve the flies, a purpose. They yeah. eat all the aphids. The they're a gardener's friend, really. In the garden, they hoover up. But I can understand if it's over, over your patio door or yeah. your house door. Oh, we did one have <clears> one <throat> over a doorway as well, and it, yes, it it can be a bit annoying. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so a little mirror stuck to the wall yeah. will you'll find effective, or a little bit of netting or something like that, uh, done in the winter time before they come back, and and they'll nest somewhere else. They'll find another spot. Okay. But they're house martins. Okay, handy trick, but I'm afraid you'll have to let them live no, for leave this, them, leave, them, leave this them there year, for this absolutely, year. Absolutely. Okay, vegetable and plant and herb plants, Porrick. Yes. I'm ready to plant some salad and veg plants. Okay. Should I wait until the rain comes or is it okay to plant now? Well, no, it's okay to plant. I mean, there, there's still quite a lot of moisture in the in the soil. Um, you know, it's only the first couple of inches that have, that have dried in the last two weeks. So there's certainly plenty of time to plant. Same with bedding plants. You can still plant them out. The key thing really is to give them a good, heavy soaking. Mm. And when you're watering plants, particularly with this sort of heat you're better off to water very heavily so literally leave a sprinkler or leave the hose running for 15, 10, 15 minutes type of thing on an area and really soak the ground well it's not that you're watering the plants you're actually watering the soil and, and, and go in and have a cup of tea and come back out uh, and let the hose do its its work or the little irrigation. You get simple little sprinklers that fit onto the end of the hose that are very handy uh, for watering beds. So a light sprinkling is of no use whatsoever. You're better to... And same with plants in containers, in window boxes. Water heavily. Mm. Leave for a day or two 
and rewater again. So you can actually overwater plants, even in baskets and in, in the ground, if you're constantly adding water to them. So too, too little water does too much harm. Good heavy soaking after planting, they'll be perfectly fine. A few little slug pellets as well at night time because the yeah. slugs are knocking around at night time on, on vegetables. But no, you can still plant and you can still sow seed of vegetable plants. The seed will germinate with the heat we have yeah. and the warmth in the soil. They'll be up in a week. Excellent. So I do a bit of both. Japanese knotweed. Oh, it's yes, our huge old friend. in my Which garden. Are, yeah. Six foot or more. <laughs> right. <laughs> can I kill it now and with what? Well, I, I generally advise the spraying of Japanese knotweed in July when it's actually in flower because that's when it's at its weakest point. It's put all its energy into the growth and when it comes into flower, it's very susceptible to weed killers. Now, having said that, because of the heat and because of the growth it's made, you could certainly treat it now. Dry weather like this, you'd put on SBK... Um, Brushwood killer. Yeah. yeah, and that you'll find that effective on uh, Japanese knotweed. So that can be applied now um, in dry weather and it should kill it back within a week, so seven or eight days. It'll have killed it back. And, and that uh, SPK can be used in all uh, tougher weeds like brambles, nettles, briars, um, you know, whins, the kind of more tough old yes. tree stumps, that type of thing if you want to clean them out. So it's SPK. Now, somebody's got a question on carnations. Oh, lovely. Um, so, some carnations have been sown in a sandy bed. Great. They've gone very woody okay. uh, with leaves and some flowers at the ends. Right. So, listeners wondering, should they feed, cut back, take cuttings or discard entirely? <laughs> and also, can carnations be liquid fed? Of course they can, yeah. yeah. Now, they don't require too much feeding. They're a bit like like I always say about the strawberries. You know, you keep them on a slightly hungry um, diet. Mm. They tend to do a lot better. Um, the, the soil conditions are perfect for carnations. They like a gravelly, gritty, sandy-type soil. That's what they like. Now, it's atypical of them to produce woody growth, particularly if you're not trimming them back. Over a number of years, they start to build up a woody brown stem right at the base. Yeah. So, the listener can actually do all of... The, above what they've mentioned. You can take cuttings at this time of year. Right. And I was showing people last weekend, I think I horrify them, showing them how I was cutting back. Uh, I was trimming back a lot of basket plants. Remember, I was doing the hanging basket and uh, dem- demo last weekend and I was trimming back a lot of plants. And my point was to, to the viewers was that if by pruning them back now, even though we're planting them, the plants produce a lot of new growth. It stimulates the plant to produce new, new growth. And of course, the more new growth you get, the more flowers you're going to have in a couple of weeks' time. And the same applies and the other point I was making with those pieces of clippings that you take off you can actually root those at this time of year so uh, young cuttings of carnations will root very quickly if you take them about half the length of a biro or a pencil so about four to six inches in length strip off the lower leaves dip them into a bit of rooting powder put them into a small pot of perlite and um, compost mixture 50-50 cover them with a polythene bag the root the root nearly in a week. Right. Certainly within two weeks they'll have rooted. And you've got yourself young carnation plants. The physical uh, method of taking a cutting is is pruning the plant, the mother plant, because right. you're literally taking off a, a little cutting. So we're actually pruning the plant, we're taking a cutting, and then so we're rooting. So the plant, by taking the cuttings off it, you're actually pruning it, and that'll kick it into, into growth again, and it'll stop the woodiness so my advice really is even though there's flowers coming on it mm-hmm. I would take some cuttings off maybe six or eight cuttings you're literally cutting the plant back give it a liquid feed it'll re-sprout again and those cuttings should have rooted within a two or three week period to give you nice mm-hmm. young plants and with carnations they tend not to be long lived plants if you get four or five years out of them right. you're doing very well so it's a good idea every couple of years to take some cuttings from them 
and really dispose of the older plant, the mother so plant the, in time. So, okay, so that you're kind of a, you, a, a young plant coming along all the time. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and they, they need a sunny, bright location. So anything in the carnation family, any of the Dianthus, Sweet Williams, anything in that carnation family, the Dianthus family, want plenty of sun and a free-draining soil. Um, what is the common name of the tree you feature on your Facebook page? Um, a listener wondering, can they plant it in their garden with this heat and they love to bloom? So there you go. Okay, yeah. well, well, it's actually a plant that, that I took those pictures at bloom. That's a plant called Cornus Cusa. Milky Way. Milky we've Way, which we've talked featured about. On yes. the, it's in full flower and bloom uh, at the moment. So I, I took the opportunity of actually taking a picture of it. Um, so it's up on the Facebook page. But yes, you can plant them at this time of year. They come in a pink form and in a white form. And um, they're a lovely tree to flower right through June. So they're just starting to flower now. So again, the same thing applies if you want to plant a tree, like laburnums, for example, are beautiful at the moment. Gorgeous, so if you want yeah. to put one in your garden, there's absolutely no problem whatsoever. Once you go down a foot into the ground, you'll see there's plenty of moisture still in the soil. Mm. Plant your tree, put plenty of compost down with it, a little bit of feed, stake it well, and then water it. Water. Put a good two, three, four gallons of water onto the actual root ball. And that's, that's it fine. You know, unless we get an extended dry period, you shouldn't have to water it again okay. um, it'll be perfectly fine and they're in flower at the moment so it's Cornus Cusa the Cornus Cusa the yeah, Milky Way comes to us from China is it okay to sow flower seeds still and will they bloom this summer what could I try now yeah well they, they, as I mentioned with the vegetable seed mm. the heat in the ground at the moment seed will germinate very very rapidly as long as you water it well after sowing so any of the fast maturing actually on the, on the way up I, I was nearly going to stop and bring you in a plant a wild plant that's in flower a plant called Hesperus which is the sweet rocket. So if people are driving along the hedgerows at the mm. moment, you'll see sweet rocket. It's pink, white or purple in flower. It's called sweet rocket because it's got a fantastic scent. So if you stop, it's got the smell of stock. Ooh. Yeah, really nice plant. Um, it's uh, and, and the reason I mention it is that those plants are in flower at the moment will be setting their seeds now in a couple of weeks' time. So that kind of tells you the sort of plants we should be sowing now. So the type of plants, particularly for colour for next year, mm -hmm. I will be sowing things like wallflowers, sweet williams, forget-me-nots, winter pansies, winter violas. Um, you could sow the Hesperus if you want, the sweet rocket, the seed of that is available at the moment. Um, so they will grow this year. They'll germinate, they'll grow and come into flower then over the winter, spring or early summer period next year. If you want a bit of colour now, you could go for some hardy annuals. Mm -hmm. So there's not, speaking of stock, there's a lovely plant called 10 week stock. 10 it, week. 10, 10, 10 T-E-N, yeah. week stock. It takes 10 weeks for it to flower from sowing it from seed. So if we sow it from seed, count 10 weeks forward. When we're going early August. Early August. It'll be in flower. Oh, project. 10 weeks, <laughs> right? So 10 weeks stock. It comes in a whole range of different colours. It's highly scented, really easy plant to grow, gives great colour. So there's lots of summer flowering annuals. Look for the word hardy annuals. Nasturtiums, for example. You could sow those from seed now. I was showing people how to do them in baskets um, last week. So they could be sown from seed. So pop into your local garden centre. Make sure on the back of the pack it says hardy annuals and sow those from seed now directly into the garden soil. Water them really well. They'll be up in a week and they'll be in flower in seven to ten Excellent. weeks' time. Excellent. What is the best compost for bedding plants? Would you recommend John Innes? John Innes is very good. You'll generally get multi-purpose compost with John Innes added. And John Innes is a specific type of, of fertiliser that's added to the compost, which is really good. So that'll be absolutely ideal. What I do recommend is if you are planting the, the um, bedding plants into baskets or containers, add some of the, the water granules. Um, so they're the secret ingredient that are in things like Pampers nappies that absorb moisture. Oh, right, yeah. So they'll help to to keep your the compost 
um, quite moist if you add them to the to the compost before planting up. So mix that through the soil or through the compost. Add some slow-release fertiliser as well. That'll extend the, the feeding period for the plants and then just plant in your bedding plants into it. Now, a yucca plant yucca. Uh, in a pot, yes. four foot high, how do we go about repotting it? Well, it's not, it's no, there's no uh, mystery to it. It's quite easy. It's the same as repotting any plant. Yuccas are those indoor plants that produce the bare stem and a, and a sword-like foliage right at the top. Really simple plant to grow. It, the only way you'll kill the yucca is by overwatering it. Right. So it's a really simple plant to um, to grow. It doesn't require repotting only every two to three years. So it actually likes to be in a relatively small pot. So depending on the size of the pot the listener has, only go up maybe one or two sizes. So if you have a 10-inch pot, go up to maybe a 12-inch uh, size pot. That'll be fine. And use a, a gritty mixture compost. So something like the multi-purpose with John Ennis would be ideal for that as well. So simply take it out of its pot, give it a good watering, take it out of its pot, get a fresh new pot, fresh compost, push it back in, firm it in well, and be careful of the watering for the first couple of weeks until the plant, actually, the new roots actually penetrate okay. into the, the new compost. But yuccas are dead simple. This is the time of year to start feeding them as well, liquid feeding them. So mm-hmm. something like Baby Bio or Osmo put on every two to three weeks on the yucca will we'll bring on some new growth and new leaf as well. But they're a simple plant to grow. Okay, one question on tomatoes and then oh, yeah. we'll go to the break. So a tomato plant, a grafted tomato Which one? plant. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my house, but in, in a relative's. Um, so the tomato plant is growing fantastically well. Great. Um, lots of leaves. So wondering, do should we take remove some of the leaves from the base of the plant? Okay. Or what, you know, so the 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 slipping so out of the of of the kind of some of the shoots, ha- shoots. Have, yeah, have happened. But oh, you, she's done she's that. She's done that, okay. yes. Yeah. Right. It's my well, mother, that's, folks. That's that's the key thing. And and the plant that yeah. your mum got was the grafted uh, cherry Dirty tomato. tomato yeah. That was what, about maybe four or five weeks mm. ago we featured it. So, and they're great because they are very vigorous. Because they're grafted, they grow very, very strongly. Um, She's doing exactly the right thing, taking out the side shoots. And anybody that's got tomatoes in their greenhouse or tunnel, make sure that you're removing the side shoots. If you're unsure, pop into the garden centre and we'll show you how to do that. So this is the time of year for taking out the side shoots in tomatoes. Um, really, the, the bottom foliage, you leave alone until the fruit starts to form. Enough, so once the, the, question, yeah. the, the berries are about the size of a marble, then you can take off the leaves. Because remember, remember, the leaves are how the plant produces its food. Plants photosynthesize through their foliage. So if you're robbing the leaves off them, you're not, you're, it's like taking a meal from the plant. You're actually robbing it of essential uh, nutrients. Yeah. So you leave the leaves well enough alone until the fruit is actually beginning to form. And the reason we remove it then is to let the light into the fruit. Yes, I, so yeah, yeah. I about, think that's what she was probably wondering about. Yeah, in about uh, three weeks' time, two to three weeks' time. Okay, now, they are growing so fast yeah. with the weather. And the key thing at the moment is to continue to wash them, start liquid feeding tomato plants now, and then in about two to three weeks, start taking off the lower, the very bottom leaves. They can Every two, every week or so, you can take off a, a pair of leaves so you're ending up with a nice clean yes, stem yeah. with some foliage on the top. Yeah. But you'll find those cracking because they're so vigorous, the grafters. And I guarantee you there'll be hundreds of fruit Okay. on that plant in August, in oh, July we'll and August. have to be making something to bring I'll be in. Expecting, I'll be expecting in. a bowl Some of fruit kind of, to be brought right, in. Okay, have to be chutneys or something yeah. made out of it. Uh, right, question about shady spots. So uh, she's wondering what plants and shrubs work best in a shaded part of the garden, low maintenance if possible and a small area? Okay, well, uh, as I mentioned, mm. uh, if you're in bloom, go and see the Our Lady's... Uh, 
Children's Criminal Hospital Garden because they've actually created a shaded area at the back oh, of, of the garden. And in that, they've got uh, betula trees, a lovely variety called Fascination, which is a lovely variety of birch. So if you want a tree, that's a really good one for shade. They've also used a whole range of different hosta varieties. I love hosta. Hostas are great. I really love really. them. Really, and they're super. Because you get the flowers, but you get the foliage colour. Yeah, and they come in a whole range of different yeah. colour. And they do very well here in the west of Ireland because they love moisture and they love shade. And uh, they've got very good speckled foliage, so they add a lot of colour. Um, so they're they're great. Ferns of all different types. There's a whole range of ferns that will tolerate shaded areas. And again, if they're planted in groups together, they can look really well. Plants like a stillbase, uh, which again loves the, the the shaded area, does does really well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a whole range of of shade loving plants. Again, if you get an opportunity, pop pop in and have a look at it in bloom. Uh, but also, if you go to your local garden centre, they'll advise you on on the shade loving plants. There's plenty of plants that can be used for shade, and now is a good time for planting them. Lovely. Now I put Sheldy 50, which I think is a, a kind of a agricultural type yeah, wood killer. Yeah, broad leaved. Uh, to kill weeds it did but that but the lawn needs to pick me up what's best asks yeah and what you often find if you're using any of the agricultural things like morton um, or any of the agricultural uh, sprays Mm. they can often burn the grass a little bit they can leave 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 it a little bit discoloured because the species of grasses are a little bit finer that we used in lawns a good time to feed because again with the rain coming Monday if you get the fertiliser a little bit of lawn fertiliser on now the dew at night time first of all is going to wash that in so apply it in the evening time the dew will wash it in but also if you get a shower rain on Monday or Tuesday that's going to wash the fertiliser in and the heat in the ground is going to push on the grass so it'll really bring on a really nice rich colour without forcing growth so put on something like the uh, Park and Fairway would be a straight lawn fertiliser it feeds the lawn without forcing growth so it gives a nice green colour um, now, mare's tail. I, I know the weeds are it's everywhere thriving at the moment. At the yeah. moment. Uh, on my pathways and driveways, how do I get rid of it? Please. Well, you could use driving. the um, mare's tail will, will be killed with the uh, SBK brushwood treatment that I mentioned, but you can also use a, a specific weed killer for mare's tail called Neerdorf. You'll actually see the mare's tail picture and it's used on Japanese knotweed as well. So that's Neerdorf. Again, this would be a great weekend to get it on with the dry weather um, and within a couple of days it should have knocked it back and killed it back. But mare's tail loves this heat. Right. It's one of those it's plants just, when it just jumps out of the ground once the weather, once the weather warms up. up. Yeah. Okay, a couple of questions on, well, daffodils. Uh, First of all, when should the daffodils be ready to cut back as some green bulbs are still present at the top of the stem, says Michael. And uh, something, well, similar. um, I've cleared my front gardens of the daffodils and bluebells at last, but there's a lot of moss on the soil itself. Okay. And I have some plants and shrubs growing there too. So what can I put on uh, before I put in my summer flowers? Okay, well, to get rid of the moss, use zero. You know the okay, zero yes, that we use yeah, on the lawn? Yeah. That'll kill moss on, on um, uh, flower, beds. flower beds, borders, anywhere like that. And it'll kill it within a day or two. Um, so just an application of zero will clean that all off. Um, in terms of daffodils and bulbs in general, they are dying back now. So now is the time actually to trim them back, tidy them up. Um, you know, once we get in, they, they normally need six weeks, five to six weeks after flowering to, to grow on and, and build up the bulb for next year. So that has happened now. So get the, the rake out even though there's a little bit of green leaf on them, don't worry about that. Just rake it all off now, tidy them up um, and leave them alone. You know, just clean up the bed now. So this is the time for all of the bulbs to, to just rake off tulips, snowdrops, daffodils, just tidy that area off now and um, leave them alone. 
Excellent. Now, cucumber, not something yeah. we get to feature too often. So, um, Jar has cucumbers, but they keep on dying in the glass house. Okay. Presumably the cold night, question mark. Also, would you have some tips on dealing with mould on tomatoes and flowers dropping and not setting fruit? Okay. Well, the thing with cucumbers is mm. um, they're interesting, actually, to grow because uh, many of the varieties, if you're actually growing a, a variety of cucumber, go for all female. All female, all female is the name of the variety. No, 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 oh, no, no. Sorry, no, sorry. look for a variety that is female. Oh, right. Right, because okay, cucumbers actually bear both male and female flowers. If the flowers pollinate one another, yeah, you get um, cucumbers that have a tart or a, a, a distasteful. So they're a bit bitter. They're bitter is the word. That is the exact word. Because you do notice sometimes when you get a cucumber, sometimes they can be a bit Well, little. that's where that's the, the pollination, why. if pollination occurs. So the male flowers always have to be snipped off. Right. <laughs> but you can get all female. That, that has made your day, yeah, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but you can get all female varieties. So generally the F1 varieties are all They're female right. varieties, right? Which means they bear only female flowers and you don't have to snip the poor old male flowers okay. off, okay? Um, and and obviously you don't get any bitter cu- cucumbers. Going back to the reason the plant is dying, it's not due to the cold weather at night time. It's due to watering. And the thing with cucumbers is they've got a very uh, fleshy, soft stem. Mm. So my advice is when, when you're planting them, if you're planting them in a pot or in, a, in, your, in, in the greenhouse soil, is to mound the soil up so that you create a, a mound, you know, maybe six or eight inches high up off the actual uh, level part of the soil and plant the cucumber right at the top of the mound. Now, when you're watering it, don't water the plant at the stem. Water, create it like a moat around that mound, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So create a moat and that's where the moat will go. So you apply the water about six inches or eight inches away from the actual plant so you never wet the stem of cucumbers because you run the risk of the stem rotting and keeling over. So watering can be an issue or is the issue with cucumbers. cucumbers. Yeah. And, and particularly then if you get a bit of cold weather as well, it compounds the problem. But so you you create a mound maybe about the size of a dinner plate, uh-huh. plant your cucumber plant right at the top, put a little cane on it to, to secure it. Yeah. And then when you're watering, just apply the water in a moat sort of fashion or, or sink a pot, a plastic pot, and pour the water into the pot into the ground so, so keep the water off the stem that's the secret to, to growing good cucumbers and presumably but I could be wrong cucumbers need a reasonable amount of water because yes. essentially that is what a cucumber is it's full of water when, when the, the fruit itself yeah. is really it's a watery yeah and, and, that, and particularly when, when tomatoes or aubergines or cucumbers or marrows are producing their fruit mm. they need copious amounts of water so at this time of year you might want particularly with the heat you might water the cucumbers maybe twice a week, three times a week at most. Mm-hmm. As we get into midsummer and as the fruit are beginning to form, you need to water daily or certainly every second day, depending on the heat and the temperature. So yeah, you're dead right that as plants are producing their fruit, be it strawberries or blueberries or whatever, they're using copious amounts of water. So plenty of water, plenty of feeding at that time of year. But that's really around the end of June, July, August, that sort of period. And it's still a great time for planting cucumber plants. And they're, and, and and they're do, easy. And, and the yield uh, Absolutely. is very high. You generally get about 20, before, yeah. 20 fruit yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, You're wondering tibial. what will you do with them? It, that's the it. Yeah. You, because they'll produce them nearly one a week. Yeah. And, you know... Yeah, great if you're having lots of salads, but uh, you'd be giving a lot of them away. But they're great, great to grow and easy to grow. Uh, 
also tips on dealing with mould on tomatoes and flowers dropping and not setting fruit. Okay, well, the the key thing at the moment with all with greenhouses and tunnels is to have the 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 tunnel fully ventilated. I mean, have the doors, windows completely open, nighttime and daytime. So keep as much ventilation as possible. Try to keep the temperatures down as well by putting water on the pathways and the soil in the greenhouse. So don't be chucking it on the plants necessarily, but actually put it on the area around the plants. And that helps to keep the temperature down. Um, And that helps to reduce moles and mildews. Mm -hmm. Now you can, tomatoes and potatoes are in the same family. And the spray we use for the bare blight treatment that I mentioned at the top of the programme can be used very safely on tomatoes as well. And that stops any blight, which can affect tomatoes, or it stops mildews and any other... uh, um, uh, blight uh, uh, diseases. Yeah. The other thing is to keep the, the the water off the foliage of your tomato plants. So when you're watering tomatoes, water the ground, not the plants themselves. Don't have to be chucking it up on the stems and the leaves and fire and water everywhere because that again increases Jesus. the risk of diseases. So th- keep those couple of tips, yeah. but you could spray with the bare blight treatment in the evening time and that'll help to stop any. Remember, it's a systemic uh, treatment right. so it prevents okay, from but, within. But, but control the moisture as well and Correct. how it's being yeah. absorbed. And ventilate, have the glass houses fully open, uh, the tunnels fully open at this time of year. Now, a listener has a Japanese red flamingo, Acer conspicum, Yeah. about two months old. The leaves are looking very dry. Okay, well, any of the acers, and, the, and these are in the, the maple or Japanese mm. maple family, they, they suffer from wind particularly, is, is the main thing, uh, as in wind damage on the foliage, and um, they need a protected area. So, look, at, I would give it a liquid feed. It's only two months old, it's still a relatively young plant. Keep it watered, you know, watered about once a week, a good heavy soaking. Give it a liquid feed at the Osmo uh, universal liquid feed and that'll help to boost it on and produce new growth so it has possibly got a little bit of of wind damage or weather damage and uh, it'll grow back out of that again mm. and they're it's quite neat. they're quite slow growing they are and it's a lovely plant and it's a very easy plant to grow um as long as you give it the right environment so it needs that protected um sheltered area again it's actually a plant that does well in shade generally most of the maples will tolerate semi-shade yep. um and they come in a whole range of different colors now, one or two more before we finish up, Horik. Um, I have a very sunny spot where I sit out each evening. I'd like flowers that will bloom in full sun and take the heat. Pots that I have are medium and large, terracotta in size. Any tips on compost and what plant types to use? Okay, so... <laughs> That's a lot there. <laughs> sure. Well, going back to the compost, use yeah. the multipurpose with yeah. John Ennis. Yeah. Use the slow-release fertiliser with it and put in a little bit of the swell gel as well because in that sunny area, the compost, and particularly in terracotta pots, it's going to dry because the terracotta pot absorbs a certain amount of the moisture as well. So good quality compost, slow release fertiliser and the swell gel added. And then the sort of plants I'd be planting are sun lovers. So yeah. osteospermums would be one. The uh, the sunnies as we call them because they love the sunshine. So they're great. They're coming into flower at the moment. If you plant them now in a terracotta pot they'll flower right through till October and they come in a, a wide range of colours. So they're osteospermums or sunnies. A lovely plant uh, which I've sitting on the patio at the moment is is one called the agaranthemum. Um, I featured it uh, a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. Beautiful plant. Easy to grow. White flowers, yellow flowers, pink flowers, and there's another colour that escapes my mind. But anyway, there comes a range of yellow, orange, orange. Or yeah, sort of colours. Um, so that's agaranthemum, great plant for a, for a sunny area, really loves the, the bright sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, gazinias, 
I mentioned gazinias yes, before. before yeah. So they're really good. They love the sun and the flowers open when the sun is out and close in at nighttime, which are really nice. And even plants like geraniums love a bright, sunny yeah. area. Most of the bedding plants, to be honest, will do very well in a bright, sunny area. But any of those, the agaranthum, the osteospermum, the gazinias, they're brilliant in, in full sun. Okay, and finally, I have two. I have to move two roses as they are close to two lilies, and they're not happy at all. What will I do, Alice Nora? Have they moved them already? Uh, um, no. Or is I, it just the I, news that's, that's upsetting them? Uh, what will I do, Noah? So I think it's it's. Well, if you yeah, have to move what them, what do we do? Yeah. This is not the time for moving plants. Right. It's not the time for digging up plants. If you've got plants in pots and containers, fine, you can plant them into the soil because you're not doing any root disturbance. But if you have to move a plant, leave it well enough alone until the end of October, early November. Cut it hard back. Lift the rose and transplant it somewhere else um, and it'll be perfectly happy it'll, it'll start to grow again if you've moved it in the last couple of weeks that's the reason it's it's not looking well it's it's beginning to die back okay. a bit um, you know so don't move plants at this time of year particularly in this sort of heat okay lovely stuff we'll have to leave it there so remember if people are in bloom I'll be on the garden expert stage okay. um, at uh, 12.45 tomorrow yeah tomorrow and 3pm so pop in come in in and and, uh, it's a free talk um, in the main marquee and um, love to see people there okay I'm sure you'll have a big crowd something tells me okay enjoy if you are heading to bloom if you're not enjoy the sunshine anyway um, that's it from me stand by Michael Neary is on the way next after news with Angelina Nugent until next Saturday good morning to you